Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of Transformation Church, with me back again for 2019, the lead pastor of TC, Brad Livingston. Hey guys, good to be back. Uh, another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And man, we're pretty pumped up. It's a brand new year. Um, and as we are coming off of uh, a, a pretty good 2018. Um, pretty good. Yeah, we've we've seen some really cool stuff. Um, so, you know, and, and God's just done some amazing things in 2018. Um, and before I get too far into talking all about all of that, um, <clears throat> I want to introduce our special guest to the podcast, his very first time on with us, mm-hmm. my dear friend, part of our worship team, and uh, just a killer dude all around, my brother Aaron Fitch. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, uh, uh, Aaron, tell them where they can find you. you. I know you're on Facebook. You do social media stuff, uh, Instagram. Mostly Facebook. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to um, look me up on Instagram, you can. I'll I'll put a link in my Facebook or whatever. Cool. But, Rock on, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I will share some stuff on our church page, and uh, Aaron's name will be in it. And if you want to track him down, if he has any golden thoughts today that inspire you and you want to reach out to him, feel free. <laughs> golden uh, thoughts. Golden thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um but, uh, so yeah, we coming off a great 2018. One of the great things that happened in 2018, um, which is why I kind of hit the pause button on it, one of the great things that happened in 2018 is, Aaron, you, you and I kind of reconnected this past, not kind of, we did, we reconnected this past year, which has kind of led to where we are now, which is cool. Yeah, it's actually been really cool. I mean, it, it's when going from not talking for like, what? I mean, like Probably, close to a decade. Almost 10 years, yeah. Yeah, to like, you know, and- just the timing of it and what kind of brought us there is actually, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's just cool to see how God works, you know, yeah. how he can take something negative and bring it to something positive. So, you know, me going through what I was going through, which, which was negative brought you back kind of into my life and me back into yours. And yeah. then just kind of you pastoring me and ministering through me through that. And then asking me to join the praise and worship team. And it's like, it's just kind of cool to see yeah. like how that's progressed. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, and I always think it's cool. You know, it's one of those things where I think where you are right now and your family, because it's not just you. I mean, your brother, you know, both of your brothers, two out of the three of your brothers, is what I'm trying to say, Christian and Eli, also a part of the church, also plugged in. And we're seeing, it's not even a system really as much as it's just like how God wants to work in people's lives and that he wants to bring them to him, that he wants to get them plugged in with the community and he wants to help them with the thing that they were born to do. And you're just, you're able to operate in all of those right now. You know, God's just kind of helping you build healthy relationships and get you plugged into your purpose, which you're a phenomenal musician. We've been playing music together for a long time. Oh, thanks for that. Since thanks the, so. since the broken couch in your garage, we've been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been making music together. So. True. And so Aaron and I, like a garage band, uh, kind of. So it, hey. it was, uh, it was an old couch in Aaron's garage. And then we had a keyboard. Aaron mm-hmm. played the yeah. keyboard. That's right. And I wrote beats on a software called leaf drums. It's, it was insane. And yeah. we, we made 
epic music that no one ever heard. So, uh, <laughs> so um, this is true. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a good time. We got there's a lot of memories, none of which we're gonna really get into on this podcast probably. But uh, yeah, man, it was a good time, and it's <laughs> it's uh, I, man, I just love your family, love you, brother. So it's it's good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And Aaron's story is just one of so many, man, of 2018 where God just did amazing things in people's lives. Um, his brothers even being part of that journey with us. And uh, so it's, it's been really, really cool to see God do such amazing things in 2018. And man, as we're, man, blowing the doors wide open into 2019, uh, seeing God do amazing things already. And we're coming off a, a powerful Sunday, man. Uh, there, there was like electric in the sanctuary on Sunday. Yeah. Like, it, it was. Sunday was good. Yeah, there was, it was just a vibe, man. It's just a, a spirit of expectation and, um, Man, yeah, it just it was good. Worship was great. You guys killed it, and uh, and uh, even the creative team pumping their stuff out, and um, and we're gonna get into going over the sermon uh, that we went into Sunday. So the whole thing was just really, really good. If you haven't had a chance to go watch the service, feel free to go check it out, transformationchurch.com, um, and you can click on media and you can find the sermon from Sunday. But um, in the whole service. But all that to say is is we're spending this this whole year, the focus uh, is this idea of level up. Um, and this series that we're in for January is called Level Up, and we're focusing on level up for the whole year. And the idea behind that is I just kind of felt like, I think oftentimes for pastors and for churches is whatever the, whatever season of life the pastor is in, you kind of see that reflected into the church a little bit. So... Um, so, for example, for us last year, you know, most everyone, most listeners know, if you, maybe if it's your first time listening, you know, my son, Jabin, um, went home to be with the Lord last year. And, man, that's just a difficult season. There's no easy way to navigate those waters. And so because of that, um, our church was phenomenal and our friends were phenomenal and standing with us through that and walking with us through that. And, and, um, but it, in turn, the, that can, it really makes you reflect inwardly a little bit and it really makes you hit the pause button on life a little bit. And it really makes you take a very serious, but necessary approach to life for a little while. Um, and going into 2019, I really just felt like the Lord spoke to my heart that on behalf of our church is that it was time just to go to a new level, a new level of expectation, a new level of joy, a new level of celebration. Even as I think back to Jabin and, and even as I think about him now, it's, I'm choosing to think about him in a way that celebrates his life. Um, as much as I miss him and we go through all those emotions, but man, a, a, a spirit of celebration, um, and, and if nothing else, even on behalf of him, celebrating the gospel, because if the good news gives us an opportunity to see him again, once this life is done. So, man, we really just, um, we're, we're excited. And going into 2019, we're just looking like for God to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask or imagine in our lives. And, um, you know, the word promises us that. So we want to, we want to walk in it. Um, and so, yeah, phenomenal and so we kick off this year with this idea of level up and we kick off the series level up uh talking about the proximity of prayer the proximity of prayer um and so uh justin have you ever had relationships like uh like a jealous girlfriend type is that or most of your girlfriends pretty chill no they were pretty chill okay nobody jealous 
Yeah. I, <laughs> is, got, that, is that sarcasm? Nobody right? got jealous of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I never did. Didn't, all of them pretty chill. Yeah. 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 So, so Aaron, I know your, your relationships to be, to be a little differently. This is true. This is true. And a lot of that is my fault. Um, show me a beautiful broken woman and watch out. It's terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, me and Aaron have talked about his sim- Superman syndrome yeah. a couple times. Uh-huh. This is all true. <laughs> so, uh, um, and so I started off, and we talked about the story uh, of me being at a party one time, and I was much younger. This is before Jesus had transformed my life, and uh, I was there, and there was a girl flirting with me, but the girl I was dating at the time was across the room, and she saw the girl flirting with me, and she gave me that look, that look like, oh, no, you know, like, this is not <laughs> going to be good when this is all over. And uh, I remember uh, the thought in my mind, like, man... I know exactly what she's saying right now and she don't have to say a word. Um, and, and that kind of brought thoughts to our mind in regards to, uh, how often are we walking close enough with the Lord in a prayer life and spending time with him that, uh, we know what the Lord is trying to communicate to us when he's not saying a word, you know, when, and I think that there is, you know, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. Never, don't ever stop praying. And it's like, what does that mean? I'm literally supposed to just be like praying like every second of every day. It's like, well, no, I think it's that we live our life in a constant state of looking to God and communicating to God and building a relationship with him. And, and as we do that, um, I do think that there's a closeness. I think that there is a proximity that we can reach with the Lord to where those times that maybe God just doesn't speak clearly, or maybe our filters are so dirty from life and all those things that we don't hear him clearly. But when we're in tune well enough, we just, we can move with what the God and the Holy Spirit is communicating to us um, without working hard. I don't have to set aside, you know, like we're in 21 days of prayer right now. I don't have to set aside 21 days to go ask God what he thinks about this thing that I'm praying about. When I'm in that proximity all the time, like I'm in a constant state of, of him feeding, you right, know, feeding right. that to me and, and being near. Um, and so we routed off a, a, a few percentages of, of why people pray. And in those percentages, wh- the thing that became abundantly clear is that most of our prayer life consists of two things. One, it consists of praying for all the things that I want, right? So like... Uh, safety, confession, health, wellness, my needs, you know, personal guidance, whatever. And it also identified through looking at these statistics that our prayer life is just a lot of things I want. And then secondly is that how we pray is oftentimes ineffective. And I don't know about you guys, and you feel free to chime in, but I, I think uh, I think we're all guilty of falling into the wish list prayer circle thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You know, easily. And I think, yeah, and yeah. I think that with that, it uh, we find ourselves in a state of. Well, I think our circumstances sometimes do that to us. Absolutely. You know, and and I know even you know you talked about just some of even how we reconnected last year, Aaron, like, and how. Um, I know that you spent a lot of time in prayer over your own personal, you know, that journey that you were in. Absolutely. And, um, and hopefully I think that, I think that we're all finding this and I think that sometimes we all get off track with this, but I think that we find ourselves in these places where, um, our wish list, 
we have to realize that if we are approaching God through a wish list mentality, um, we're not looking to connect with God as much as we're just looking to get something from him. Right. You know, and, and I think that, uh, I think that for far too many of us far too often, and I say us, because I think we're all guilty of it, um, is that we fall prey to this idea that, um, I don't need to build a deeper relationship with God. He'll just be there when I need something. But we don't realize that if we were connected to God on the regular, like if we were just in a consistent, if our proximity was always close, um, then we don't, we almost get to live in this life where we don't have to just go to him when we want things. We're just already there. Right. You know, like we're just coming home when we have needs, you know, like we're, we're going to a parent who's already ready to, to give us what we need, you know? Yeah. I love that thought. You know, one of the things that this has challenged like this, just from the message this past Sunday, that's like challenged me is there's two things that I've really changed in like my daily prayer life. And I kind of did some of this before the message, but the second thing that I'll share that I changed recently, the first thing that I changed in my prayer life is instead of approaching prayer from a place of need, right? Like, God, I need this. I need your help with this Mm -hmm. is I still have those things. There are still things that I'm praying for, but I've reversed it. I'm coming, I'm approaching prayer from a place of thanks Mm. and thanking him for the things that I need. Yeah. That I'm trusting that he's going to provide that. So that just that switch in, in the way I approach that also has switched the way that I approach the things that I need. I'm not coming from a state of desperation. I'm coming from a place of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting that's, it's there that yeah. I'm just going to get it. That's good. So that's the first thing that I, that is just the approach in which I um, pray. But the second thing that I've, uh, that I've changed from the sermon this past Sunday is you said two things there that weren't in the notes. And the first thing was um, pray out loud. Because yeah. one of the things that you brought up is we always pray silent. Right. right, that was eighty some eighty one percent or something like yep, that. Eighty one percent, eighty two percent, eighty two percent. Pray yeah. silently, and then um, and and alone. Yeah. And so when I do pray alone now, I'm praying out loud. Yeah. So today I'm just walking around my house and I'm just praying out loud. And awesome. I'm thanking God for everything that the things that I need and for the things I already have. Come on. Yeah. And then just for the things that. You know, and and then un, and then there's also so kind of like how I break down my prayer categories is selfishly and then unselfishly. So I thank <laughs> right. him for what I have, right, right, right. And then I thank him for what I need, and then I thank him for everyone else, the people that he, that like I know need things. You sure. know, so like my family, my friends, like yeah. the people in the world that I don't know, just who are suffering. So yeah, that's kind of how I've changed my prayer life a little bit. Yeah, no, that that's phenomenal. And that, that's huge. And yeah, but that wasn't in the notes. It was something that, you know, we really felt like to communicate to everyone is, is because so many people, and maybe you're listening out there now and, and uh, your prayer life is silent and isolated. And I just want to encourage you to, to change both of those things. And when I say, to, when, when we talk about bringing people into your process, it's not, you can pray in small groups or agree, like, I, you know, in a group. And I think that's something, but also just reaching out to people, you know, letting other people know, like, you know, one of the things that we, we all do and Justin and I, are in, you know, we see each other every day. And Aaron, you and I is, you know, because we do life together, we, we talk about doing life together a lot around here. And, you know, and because we do life together, is really just in conversation. I know what your prayer needs are in your life just because we're to, like, you know, you're not necessarily inviting me saying, will you pray with me about this as much as it's just through conversation, doing life together. It's like, man, this is something that he's needing and wanting in his life. And so we're just going to, 
like I just added to my list, you know, things that I'm going to pray for. Um, but bringing people in your process, but yeah. And then praying out loud, which is people don't necessarily understand how important that is. So I'm glad that that was communicated effectively, um, to encourage people, you know, and I think for a lot of people, and maybe some of you listening now, like I think for a lot of people, it's just a weird thing. You know, yeah. some of us are brand, so, you know, we've, we've been in the church world for a long time. Aaron, you, you know, you and I grew up in it for the most part. And Justin, you were early twenties or late teens, early twenties, early twenties. So, you know, we've all been in this thing over a decade. So we're kind of used to what the church expects and we've all been in charismatic circles for most of our, most of the time we were saved. So praying out loud and some of those things, it's just common. But I think about some people out there and maybe you're listening now and you're like, that's totally me. Like I have number one, since I've been a part of the kingdom recently started coming to TC or listening to the podcast or, or just recently got saved and whatever, like you're, you're sitting there going, man, I'm brand new to this and I feel so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things where I just want to like encourage, you know, encourage you pray out loud. Like, don't worry. No one's, you know, no one's judging you. And if you're in your house by yourself, like, you know, you you probably do far more ridiculous looking and sounding things in your house than than praying out loud. So, um, but yeah, just commit to it. How, how prayer has been taught, you know, maybe traditionally over the years, it's like people use, you know, going to what you're saying about people being uncomfortable to pray out loud. Yeah. Because they feel like they don't know what to say. You know, you got to be elegant or eloquent, you know, and, and like have these big words and it's like you know you ever been with someone and they pray out loud and they use words that they never use in regular conversation it's like (laughs) i'm like what do you you don't talk like that what are you doing you know um but they they do you know it's like they put on this prayer voice i think pastors are yeah like pastors are guilty of that you know but if you grow up in a context where that's or or have seen that and then for years you're not a part of a a church or something and then to pray out loud is like weird i like i don't know what to say i don't know what words to say you know it's and then surely like you say most most people's prayers most prayers are probably selfish you know sure on some level which i guess is okay yeah you know um well that's yeah it's like yeah, totally even in our prayers like our human conditions on display you know yeah. it's like it's about us you know or right what, yeah, what you need a lot of times and i'm just i mean obviously it's just as guilty we're but, all guilty sure you know it's like at well, the end that's... of the day uh, at the end of the day god knows what i need even if i don't pray for it i think yeah I, and maybe i, I have not i'm I'm not throwing any scripture to back up what I'm saying right now, but yeah, he knows what I need. But at the end of the day, and I, we've talked about this on the podcast, but we're like, he still doesn't owe me anything. <laughs> you know, right, like right, I have right. all these things that I need or want. Well, yeah. And he doesn't owe me that, but I still have to be like, it, that's why I like what you're saying, Aaron, about like praying and like being in a, from a state of thankfulness. Like so many people pray for things and they get them and they, they don't ever like follow that prayer up with like a thank you, God. <laughs> you right, know? Yeah, like, sure, right, right. You pray for the job and then now you got the job and it's like, Look what I, I got me a new job, you know, <laughs> right, right, and that's right. it. It's like okay, uh-huh. like, the Lord's like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's a, that's one hundred percent true. And that, you know, that's like, you know, people pray for kids, they get their kids, and they use their kids as a reason not to go to church anymore. You know, pray for their a spouse, and they get the spouse, and they use the spouse as a reason. Hmm. It's like, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but even well, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, what's even funnier is like, uh, you know, I have people in my family that. I, I guess they they would consider themselves believers, but they're not, you know, faithful in a church or maybe aren't even sure what they believe. 
until something bad goes on, then mm. then I get the text as right. you know. Pray for me. Keep Keep you know. Keep them in your prayers. Keep this in your prayers. Spiritual nine one one. All right. It's like because I'm I'm the quote unquote church guy in the family, or you know, pastor. You know, it's like it's like uh, so <laughs> yeah. you don't believe in it every other day mm-hmm. right, or right. think there's power in it until yeah. you're you texting know. your buddhist friends too uh, right, right. <laughs> like, so, that i work? don't know but and i get it i do get <laughs> sure, it of course but, um yeah. you know it's just kind of like desperation it's, creates it's, it's, opportunity it's not funny funny but it's it's interesting it is interesting yeah you know it's like it almost shows where people like when it when it gets serious you know and that's where you know that's it's like uh here in the western church you know the western world we got to eat so good yeah you know it's like People only think about that stuff when, you know, there's health issues or you lose a job or 100%. big financial issues. But man, what's funny is most of the time in America, our prayers only become desperate when our situation becomes close to everyone else in the world. Hmm. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> but even then, like, like you know, people like. Lord, I need help paying my iPhone bill this week. No, like, no, no, that's what I'm saying. It, like, it's like nowhere, wait, and there's parts of the world where like. There's They're nothing. just trying not to die today. That's what I'm getting at. Like, like, let alone know. eat or something. Like we're worried about our iPhone bill. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just it's comical. It, you know, it's, it is. It, it's it, and it just exposes to like, man, how how blessed we really are. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about. And it's like being, you know, Thankful. and we we talked about it. You know, with the tabernacle prayers, like the the when as we're walking through the tabernacle prayer on Facebook Live every morning for our devos right now, our daily devos and devotionals and as we're doing that you know the very first day like is the opening thing for that is that you have you approach every prayer with a spirit of gratitude and it represents in the tabernacle the outer courts they would go in the outer courts with praise you know and so as they would enter those courts with praise they were thanking god and acknowledging all the great things that he had done for them um, before they get to ask for forgiveness or even before they even give a sacrifice they're giving praise and I think that that's our prayer life should reflect that before we Absolutely. ask for anything, before we acknowledge the sacrifice and we come in with praise. And so I, I think you're right on track with what that's supposed to look like. I think it's just a shift in perception. You know, are you, how, how, through what lens are you looking at it? Are you looking at what you don't have and freaking out and praying about it? Right. Or are you looking at what you don't have and thanking God that it, he's going to bring it to to realization yeah you know so it's just perception are you looking at it through negative or positive lens yeah and and even to add you know to what we were just talking about is there's nothing wrong with selfish prayers there's nothing wrong with asking god to give you and to help you and to i mean there there certainly is nothing wrong with going to god and saying i really could use this or i really need you to come through for me in this way and i and, and and then we trust god to do what's best which means sometimes he doesn't give us that thing he gives us a different thing and he knows that that was better for us than to get the other thing. You yeah. Know, sometimes the greatest answered prayers that we can have in our life are the unanswered ones, you know? So it's like, thank God that didn't work out with that person or that job or that whatever, you know, thank God buying that house fell through because if it had, it would have financially crippled you. Like there's so many ways that God, um, gives us unanswered prayers, you know, or, or gives us no to the prayers we wanted yeses on or whatever. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with, prayers to say god i really want need could would help if i had i mean all those things are fine i think the problem that you run into with your prayer life is when those are the only prayers you pray yeah right and it's like that's when we run into an issue because now what you're saying is i only want to get close to you when i need something from you so it's not to say anything's wrong with those prayers it's to say if the majority of our prayers are things we're asking god for instead of just saying god thank you and 
and spending time with him just to, to acknowledge, like, I couldn't take another breath today if it, if it weren't for your grace and your mercy. And there would be no eternity for me, you know, other than hell, if you had not stepped in and saw it fit to go to the cross and, and to choose me and to, to desire to save me and, and all of those things lining up to go, ah, that's a different, that's a, you know, it's a different kind of prayer. So when we're, you know, I mean, how many times do we go throughout the day and great things happen for us? And do we just go, oh, that's really cool and keep going? Or do we just hit the pause button and say, man, God, like, thank you for that. Like, yeah. Once again, you've come through. Like once again, you showed up. Once again, you know I need you more today than I needed you yesterday, and I'll need you more tomorrow than I need you today. And and really just putting the attention on the proximity of our prayer, because there's nothing wrong with what prayers we pray, even if they are self-serving. Um, but it's it's the proximity of our prayers um, when we're not praying for those things, um, or even how we approach those things, even like with thankfulness, right. like you talked about. Absolutely, yeah. I think of it like. It's almost like having a constant conversation like throughout the day. Like people like I think of when people like how you talk to yourself. Hmm? But like if you did that but like not talking to yourself but like talking to God almost all day. Right. Like, right. Not not all you know what I mean? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Like, we always we all have that like, internal voice. Like, yeah, yeah, Lord, I'm about to get up out this desk for a minute, you know. You wanna <laughs> go with me? You know, just literally <laughs> even but like almost training yourself to be in this constant state of conversation with him like goes back to the prayer pray without ceasing you know like you're almost having an ongoing all-day conversation with him yeah about everything just like little things like not you know what i mean does that make sense absolutely yeah that's how i think of it in my head it makes sense to me yeah and i i think that the quote by john piper is so good because it says no matter what you face god will be doing ten thousand things in your life that you cannot see Trust him, love him, and they'll all be good for you. In other words, like we should be in a constant state of gratitude. If I got to work safe today, how many of us get out of the car? And, and, and I'm not saying I do this every day, but I'm just saying, like, even even expounding on how we think about this, I got to work safe today. That means I didn't get in a car wreck. Somebody did somewhere, but it wasn't me. It's like, do we get out of our car? Like, thank you, God. Like, no, I'm not to say, I'm not saying that I'm like, that I do that all the time. You know, maybe I should, maybe whatever. But I'm just saying like, man, if we really could see all the ways that God is protecting us and holding us and keeping us close and taking care of us and, and fighting off the things that are attacking us while at the same time, finding the ways in which he's going to promote us. Uh, if we could see all of those things at work around us all the time, how much different would we uh, approach him yeah. with prayer, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. I know he hooked me up with that front row parking spot Friday at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them. Two of them. That's Seriously. True. It, it was that's, packed. It's practically uh, like seeing a unicorn. That doesn't right. happen. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Only a few times. And so, <laughs> so Sunday we got into the uh, the sermon as we kind of worked our way into it. Sunday we really coming out of Second Kings chapter six and and to kind of lay the groundwork for it. And you can go watch the full sermon. But the king of Aram is trying to capture Elisha, the prophet Elisha, and and he wants to he wants to capture him because Elisha keeps supernaturally hearing from the Lord and warning the the kingdom of Israel where King Aram is going to try to attack them from. And so King Aram sends the armies out to find Elisha. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, what we see um, is that the Elisha and his servant have kind of 
gone to sleep for the night. They've kind of checked out. Um, but it was just like any other night. And so, Justin, read for us 2 Kings 6, uh, 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Keep going. And yeah, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the uh, the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yeah, so we see that they, uh, the prophet wakes up, you know, wakes up and goes to do his morning routine. And so... As we get into this, one of the things we want to recognize is four things that we want to recognize when it comes to kind of leveling up our life, or four things we want to recognize when we're talking about how we're how our proximity with God changes things. And the first one uh, that we talked about uh, is to get your mind right. Um, and when we're paying attention to even going back to what we were just talking about, and it's how God is doing so many things so often, and how He's constantly working on our behalf to protect us from the things the enemy's trying to accomplish while also at the same time trying to promote us into the things he wants us to accomplish. And, and he's in constant work for that to happen with us. Um, and how often we just go through our routine and we really don't even think about what's happening out there. You know, what the, what the enemy's trying to accomplish, what God is aiming to accomplish. We kind of just, man, we kind of just go throughout our day. You know, and, and even in verse 15, you know, the servant of Elisha got up and went out the next morning, uh, and which means that he got up to go do his thing. The same thing he always does. Mm-hmm. Do you have a morning routine, Aaron? Mm-hmm. You have like a... Yeah. Know. I mean, typically I wake up, um, coffee, prayer, breakfast, you know, like yeah. that's kind of my routine. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Justin, what, right now, 21 days of prayer, it's stumble out of bed and get here by 545 a.m. I was about 430 today. Woo! Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so. The Holy Spirit was still sleeping. Spur it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I got up at 430 and actually liked it. I, I really like the morning, no matter what time, if I can get up. Yeah, that's the hard part. I, I was up at 430. Actually, I woke up at, at 230 and then 330. Oh, yeah, that's been my life Knowing, for a while. I, Knowing I had to get up at 430 and I was afraid that I would like, that was so early that I would turn the alarm off and fall back asleep. Right. So I was almost like excited. I don't know if excited is the right word, but my body knew I had to Anxious. be up. Anxious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. body knew I had to be up at 4.30. Um, so anyways, I got up at 4.30 and then um, I was like, I was good this morning. And then, you know, about 8.30, a little, a little crash. D- dose of tired hits. But yeah, um, hmm. yeah. yeah I um, I have a morning routine kind of. Yeah. So yeah, you know. that's what we see is happening. I, I'm the same way. I, my, I have a other During 21 days of prayer, my morning routine is all jacked yeah. up. Um, you know, uh, but... You know, my regular morning routine is kind of the same as yours, Aaron. So I get up, um, I, I get up, I make coffee, I let the dogs out because um, they're more than ready to go by the time I get up in the morning. Um, let the dogs out, drink a little bit of coffee um, while I listen to either music or an audiobook. I go work out, come back in, make breakfast, um, drink the rest of my coffee, and, you know, kind of move on with my day from there. But all that to say is in verse 15 of second Kings chapter six, we kind of see Elijah's, uh, Elisha's, sorry, uh, Elisha's servant kind of doing the same thing. He's kind of mm-hmm. getting up, yeah. doing his thing, making his coffee, you know, like what his, his morning routine, whatever he was doing. Um, and lo and behold, you know, as he looks up, 
just doing what he was doing, glances up, and now he's surrounded. The city is surrounded by armies of the enemy, um, and he was very taken back. But the thing is, is it wasn't a secret that they were actively spoiling the plans of King Aram. Like it, they, he, he was well aware. Um, but all of a sudden, the armies are surrounding him. And he doesn't know what they're going to do. And how many times is that us, man? Like, yeah. like we're well aware we're accomplishing the purpose of God in our life. We're well aware that we're we're setting out to make a difference in people's lives and and helping people find freedom and find Jesus and you know all those things. And, and we're well aware we're doing all those things. And then all of a sudden, the enemy's plan goes into effect in our lives, and we're flabbergasted that there's armies surrounding us. Like, right, <laughs> right. I didn't know this was going to happen. It's like. Well, you should have, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and so it's the, the opening thought here, uh, as we're talking about the proximity of prayer is that we really got to get our mind right. If we could see again, going back to John Piper's quote, man, if we could see all the things that God was doing on our behalf and also all the things the enemy was trying to accomplish against us, man, we would, we would approach everything just a little bit differently, you know, that's very true. So in Psalms 27, 1, it says, uh, what does it say, Justin? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's right. And so there, there should be a sense of like God is our source and our strength and that we shouldn't be fearful. We shouldn't be afraid. But we also shouldn't be caught off guard. You know, we act as though Satan and his kingdom are like asleep or that they pose no problem to us. You know, we go out unprepared spiritually and consequently we, we get faced with some form of spiritual warfare, just like, you know, the, the servant to Elisha. And our response is like, we're, we're shocked, you know? And then, uh, you know, what do I do? Then we go into the whole like desperation prayer, like, God, what am I going to do? I don't know. You know, I'm not a freak out person. I'm usually calm and collected. Like when crazy things are happening, I'm the one, I'm the level head, like, all right, let's assess, you know, like, same here, (laughs) you know, like let's assess what do we need to do here? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, man, we, we have to make sure that we get our mind right. As we go into every day, we should stop and really just like prepare mentally all right there's going to be attacks and there's going to be promotions the devil is at work today and god is at work today and i'm going to be so in tune with god that when the devil's plan presents itself i'm not shocked but i'm also going to be so connected to god that when his plan presents itself i'm not looking at the enemy's plan as much as i'm looking for god's promotion and then we just start navigating life in those arenas you know then we come off of, you know, we get your mind right. And then next, we got to recognize that. You're surrounded. You're surrounded. And we see that Elisha, who surely already knew the surrounding armies were present, um, but this was no great surprise to him. More importantly, he was focused on God's surrounding armies who are greater in strength and in numbers than the armies that were surrounding him. You know, and we used a phrase over and over again in the sermon Sunday, cause I, re- I really wanted it to click. And so I was hoping people were getting it. And it's the idea of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And it's like, man, if you can grab a hold of, it's like, you're going to meet opposition, but your opposition's opposition is on your side and they're bigger. They're strong. You know, God is bigger. God is stronger and he's for us. So, like, man, we get to kind of take that, that deep, sure. we get to breathe a little bit, you know, and recognizing that, um, 
yeah, man, like we may be surrounded, but the one that surrounds my enemy is so much bigger than my enemy, so much more powerful than my enemy. And that, that sh- I, it should change how we pray. It should Absolutely. change our approach to God. Yeah. You know, um, it should change, uh, you know, to an extent, um, the sense of desperation and, and take our prayers from uh, hoping with plea uh, to declaring with promise, you know, and really just saying like, God, I know these are, these are all the things that you are. So I'm just expecting you to like, for you to come through. And when we're in a constant state of closeness. Our proximity is always close. Then those, that's not a hard prayer to pray. Yeah, no, it's not. And one of the things you kept on saying too, in the service was your proximity matters, you know, your proximity matters. And that just, that for some reason really, really just stuck with me. And it, it kind of like, it dawned on me like, yeah, like, like my, like where I am spiritually is totally going to dictate how I'm going to fare, whatever opposition comes against me. So, so, so within that, that gives me hope that, you know what, like I know opposition is inevitable, right? That's right. happening. It's, it's it, coming. And I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know why. Right. Right. For the most part. Yeah. But when that does happen, like just knowing that my closeness to God versus my closeness to whatever the adversity is that like God's going to see me through that just because totally, you know, because of my faithfulness there. So like, Hey, listen, the point is not to try and get to a point where like nothing bad's going to happen. Right. Because that place doesn't exist. Like it's about like getting closer to God. So it's kind of like the way I like to think of it is if you were, um, if you knew there was going to be a flood, right? What are you going to, where are you going to try and go? You're going to try and get to the highest piece of land that you can. Yeah. Right. So what if you just stay there? Right. Yeah. What if you just stay there? If you stay up at that level. So when that flood inevitably comes, you don't have to worry about that time of desperation where you need to try and run up that land. Yeah, that's right? good, bro. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah, and it reminds me of uh, of second, you know, it, what Paul said in Second Corinthians four. Um, you know, because I, I I think you're right. I I think the Western Church in particular. When I say the Western Church, if you're a new listener, I'm talking about America. You know, us as Americans, we don't like to be inconvenienced. You know what I mean? Like we, so we really have this tainted view of God, Um, and so we have perhaps sometimes unbiblical expectations. Because when we get caught in turmoil, we think God has left us. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, where in the Bible is that promised? Like, and even when you go to Second Corinthians four, man, we see Paul talking, and he's like, "We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed; perplexed, but not in despair; persecuted, but not forsaken; struck down, but not destroyed." And so it's like, man, no, no, you're gonna be afflicted. Like, you're gonna be perplexed. You're gonna be in despair. You're gonna be persecuted. Like, you're 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 gonna be all of those things. Don't, don't freak out. Like, but at the same time, you know, you're, you may be afflicted, but you won't be crushed, but the proximity matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and so it's like, no, Paul, Paul and Jesus were pretty clear. No, you're going to have problems, right? You're going to have issues both because the world is broken and we live in a sinful world with broken, sinful people that jack everything up. And then the enemy has a plan out for us. So he's jacking everything up 
And I don't know about you guys, but I have to be honest and say that there is a lot of times my sinful nature gets the best of me and it creates problems for me. <laughs> like, I create problems for myself sometimes, right. Right. you know, so like I have three things working against me, but man, we do have God working for us. And it's like, man, so the proximity matters. matters. That's like one of the things that really gives me like comfort is knowing that he's always working. Right. Even though, even when I'm not seeking, he's always working, you know? So it's just, and it's funny because I think we approach it like, God, I really need you to be working right now. You know, like yeah. when that adversity comes up, you're like, we really need you right now. It's like, man, I've been here. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I was working before time. you were. Yeah. <laughs> so like just kind of, just, just having, just knowing that there's such a, like for me, there's this peace and this like calmness that comes over me when I realize that like. And it's always happening behind the scenes when I'm not focused on it. It's just there. Yeah. You know, it's like my electricity. So I don't good. think about it. Just hit the switch. <laughs> yeah, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. It's there, exactly. That's good, man. And that is point three. Point three, point three is proximity matters. Like yeah. that was exactly what we were what we were just talking about. You know, both our enemies' proximity to us creates desperation and our proximity to God creates opportunity. You know, and so we have to pay attention to those things. I love Chris Hodges' quote here. He says that prayer is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. And uh, so good, man, so good. And we, and we talked about how just being close to God changes things. Acts 4.13. Uh, go ahead, Justin, read that for us. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I think the scripture is really powerful, man, because it talks about, you know, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they saw that they were extraordinary, powerful men of God. That's not what it says. It says they actually saw that they were unschooled and ordinary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think so many people think like, man, I can't have that kind of prayer life. I'm just a regular dude. It's like, no, 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 perfect. Right. Like, I'm not a pastor. It's like, no, 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 perfect. Like, that means that you are an unschooled, ordinary person in Acts 4.13 it says that when unschooled, ordinary people, and trust us pastors are, unschooled ordinary people too. Um, when you are an unschooled ordinary person, people take note when you've been with Jesus. Sure. It yeah. changes mm. things. And and so I just want to encourage some of you out there, you're like, man, I can't do this, can't do that because of all these different reasons, you know, and I, I'm just not able to. Um, I'm here to tell you, you can be close to God. And and as you grow close to him, man, you, you really lock into the best that he can do for you. And people will take note when you spend time with Jesus, which takes us to point number four, uh, as we wrap this up and see differently. Point number four is that we should see differently when we're in close proximity, then we see differently. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked briefly about how people, you know, there are some people in life that they just kind of, it doesn't matter what, what life or the enemy or whatever gets thrown at them. Um, they just handle it really well. Sure. And it's just like, you know, you kind of want to be like, man, do you really like, does anything really like bother you, bother? Like, do you ever just get like wrecked like that? And, um, man, some people, because I I believe it's the proximity thing. I believe it's being close to God, man. I believe that as we do that, it's like, you know what, God, I'm putting this in your hands. You came through yesterday, came through the day before that last week, last month, last year, and you're going to come through today too. I don't know how, and I don't even know when, maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be the day after I thought was too late, but you're going to come through like, because you always do. 
And those those type of people, you know, the use for many of us, we can't understand it. We see the probability, but they see the possibility. You keep talking about how God can't, but they talk about how God can. You seem to focus on your misery while they remember their history um, and how God brought them through last time. Then you keep staying focused on today's sorrow, but they're looking for the breakthrough of tomorrow. Hmm. You know, and it's like those people are in a constant state of looking to God. And with that, man, the proximity matters. And that takes us to Second Kings 6.17. It says, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he would see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And when he looked, he saw horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha and all around his enemy because his enemy's enemy is his friend. And, and what that boils down to is that God's presence is always around us. Even when we can't see it, God's presence is always there. Yeah. Um, so it was a good day, man. Power, powerful day. And, and, uh, I pray that this sermon refreshes some, you know, any of you listeners out there and, and that it continues to create opportunities for how God wants to encourage you and breathe life into you and equip you all those things. Yeah. So, amen. No doubt. Amen. amen. Well, Aaron, thanks for coming on the podcast, bro. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. It's a lot it's, of fun. It's, it's good to have you. Not to have you again. Yeah. Have you come back out? Cool. Hey, hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Balake. So, Justin, tell where they can find more info on the church. You can find us at transformationchurch.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.